With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Missing your mojo? Just go to Mojo50.com for on-demand podcasts. And welcome to the Rich Solution on Mojo 50 Radio. I'm Gwen Rich, your host, your health advocate, and founder of the Rich Solution. So, right here on Mojo 50 Radio, I talk about empowered health, what each one of you can do starting today to not only look, but feel and live a healthier, happier, disease free lifestyle. So, today's topic is going to be part two. It's about any known potential health hazards of a couple common household products. So if you missed Friday's episode, go back and take a peek at that. That would be part one. Before I talk about part two, we're going to put the disclaimer out there, and that's about the information on this show is presented for educational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for the diagnosis, the treatment, or the advice of a qualified licensed medical professional. So the facts are presented as offered excuse me, are offered as information only, not medical advice, and in no way should anyone infer that we are practicing medicine. Always seek the advice of a medical professional for proper application to any specific situation. All right, again, today, part two, for those of you just joining, about the known potential hazards of a couple common household products, something everybody should know about. And just a friendly reminder about our sponsor of the Rich Solutions Studio, and that would be Noodle, N-O-O-O-D-L-E.com. Noodle.com. Make sure you use hashtag Spoonie, all caps, S-P-O-O-N-Y, to get that 10% off. All right, I don't know about you, but I think it's about time that everyone start to look at the label on the back of your beauty pot products. Why don't you see if you have something around you, it's in your purse, in your bag, if you're at home, in your cabinet. Because I'm not sure if you're aware of it. The drugs that are in the United States, they must be approved by the FDA before hitting the market. The U.S. government has no authority over the cosmetic industry. So as long as they don't contain any ingredients that are classified as drugs, products do not have to be approved by the U.S. So as a result, popular cosmetic companies continue to use ingredients that may be considered dangerous, many of which are banned in other countries. So... 
maybe because it brought attention from Johnson and Johnson and their uh, a week and a half ago, the ban on their aerosol sunscreens. The name Johnson and Johnson, if you did any research. So let's talk about talcum powder. Talc has been used for centuries in makeup. But there certainly are talcum powder lawsuits and asbestos-tainted products that have raised safety concerns among consumers. So as researchers continue to study the link between cancer and talc, consumers can protect themselves by what? By reading the cosmetic labels and using products only as directed. You would think that's pretty simple, right? But I think you know we're all human and many people don't read the directions and they don't read the labels. So let's look at baby powder. Not sure if any of you on the, on the line here um, using baby powder, talcum powder. I know when my kids were you know, going through that diaper stage for a while, so we're talking about 28 to 30 years ago, we used Johnson & Johnson talcum powder. So the talc in there is a popular mineral. So it's used in not only that baby powder, but powdered cosmetics and deodorants until it was discovered that in its natural state, it could contain asbestos. So however, after asbestos was discovered to be a carcinogen, the regulation of talc has become strict. So that's a good thing. So consumer talc, or I should say talcum products, have been asbestos-free since 1970s. However, studies have noted a link between this asbestos-free talc and ovarian cancer. So while the link has not been proven, the possibility of asbestos-free talc being carcinogenic has prompted the European Union to ban talc based on cosmetics altogether. But as you're probably aware, it's definitely widely used still here in the United States. So talcum powder and cancer, is there a link? Well, let's go back to what is talcum powder. Does anyone even use talcum powder anymore? And I'm going to hold you to this, depending on what people put in the live stream. Who uses talcum powder? So talcum powder is made from talc, T-A-L-C. It's a mineral made up mainly from the elements of magnesium, silicone, and oxygen. So as a powder, it absorbs moisture. That's why most people use it definitely during those diaper age, diaper years. As well, it can, help, it can cut down on friction making it useful for keeping your skin dry and helping to prevent rashes. It is widely used in the cosmetic industry with products such as baby powder and adult body and facial powders, as well as in a number of other consumer products. So in its natural form, some of this talc contains asbestos. That's a substance most people are familiar with, and it's known to be cause cancer in and around the lungs when it is inhaled. 
So I'm not sure if you know this. In 1976, the Cosmetic, the Toiletry and Fragrances Association, so that's CTFA, it's a trade association that represents cosmetic and personal care products industry. They issued voluntary guidelines stating that all talc used in cosmetic products in the United States should be free from detectable amounts of asbestos according to their standards. So most of the concerns about a possible link between talcum powder and cancer, what do they focus on? Well, they want to focus on whether people who have long-term exposure to talc uh, particles at work, so those could be talc miners, are they at a higher risk for lung cancer from breathing it in? And how about women who apply talcum powder regularly in the area, the general area, and do they have an increased risk for ovarian cancer? So does talcum powder cause cancer? So when we talk about whether or not talcum powder is linked to cancer, it's important to distinguish between talc, T-A-L-C, that contains asbestos, and talc that is asbestos-free. So talc that has asbestos is generally accepted as being able to cause cancer if it is inhaled. And anybody knows anything about talcum powder, once you see it, you can just, you, you know, you shake it out of the bottle or whatever, you see those particles fly up, right? So the evidence about asbestos-free talc is less clear. So I found research on two main types of studies that try to figure out if a substance or exposure causes cancer. So in the lab studies, animals are exposed to a substance usually in large doses, to see if it causes tumors or other health problems. So the researchers might also expose normal cells in a lab dish to a substance to see if it causes the types of changes that are seen in cancer cells. It's not always clear if the results from these types of studies can be applied to humans or lab studies, and if they're a good way to find out if a substance might possibly cause cancer. Studies with people. Another type of study looks at cancer risks among different groups of people. And such a study, this might compare the cancer risk in a group exposed to a substance to the risk in a group not exposed to it, or compare it to what would be expected in the general population. But sometimes it's really hard to know what the results of these studies mean because other factors might affect the results. So in most cases, neither type of study provides enough evidence on its own. So researchers usually look at both lab-based and human studies when trying to figure out something if it causes cancer. So studies in the lab. So this is when they have exposure to lab animals, rats, mice, and hamsters, to asbestos-free talc in various ways, have had mixed results, with some showing tumor formation and others not finding any. In people, ovarian cancer, and that's the biggest thing when you start to do research on this with talc 
is with the, the connection between ovarian cancer. So it's definitely been suggested that the talc powder might cause cancer in the ovaries. If the powder particles applied to the genital area or sanitary napkins, diaphragms or condoms, which is crazy, were to travel through the vagina, the uterus or fallopian tubes to the ovary. So many studies in women have looked at the possible link between talcum powder and cancer of the ovary. The findings have been mixed and some studies reporting a slightly increased risk and some reporting no increase at all. So then you have some uh, case controlled studies. They found a small increase in risk. These types of studies can be biased because they often rely on a person's memory of talc use many years ago. So there's something they call the perspective cohort studies, which would not have the same type of potential bias. They have generally not found a significant increase in ovarian cancer risk. However, some have suggested possible increased risk in certain types of women, for example, in women who have had an intact reproductive tract or certain types of ovarian cancer. So this is all a little bit complex, but again, we're trying to still find that connection. One of the problems with studying this issue is that the ovarian cancer is not common. And because of this, even the largest studies done so far might not have been enough to detect a very small increase of risk if it exists. So for any individual woman, if there is an increased risk, the overall increase is likely to be very small. Still, talc is widely used in many products, so it is important to determine if the increased risk is real. So they still are doing research in this area. It still continues. But let's talk about lung cancer because we're talking about these fine particles. This is one of the things we talked about on Friday when we talked about the sunscreen. It was the aerosol can. I think there's been so much attention brought to that because of those small particles, the nanoparticles, and inhaling them. So some studies of the talc miners and millers have suggested an increased risk of lung cancer and other respiratory diseases, while others have no increase in lung cancer risk. So these studies have been really complicated. And for the fact that the talc in its natural form can contain varying amounts of asbestos and other minerals. So unlike the purified talc in some consumer products. So when you're working underground, miners can also be exposed to other substances that might also affect something like lung cancer and their risk, and such as radon. People have heard of that as well. So no increased risk of lung cancer has been reported with the use of cosmetic talcum powder. What about other cancers? So talc use has not been strongly linked to other cancers, although not all possible links with other cancers have been really studied that much. There was a study that suggested that the genital talcum powder use may slightly increase the risk of endometrial cancer, uterine cancer, in women who are past menopause. But the other studies have not found such a link. Excuse me. So again, more research needs to be done on this topic. 
There's some limited research that also looked at the possible link between inhaled talc exposure at work and other cancers, such as stomach cancer. But again, there's no strong evidence that there is a link at this time. So what do the experts say? So it's important when you actually do research. Hopefully this is just kind of bringing this to top of mind and it gets you to at least explore and check it out yourself. So what do the experts say? There's definitely national and international agencies that study substances in their environment. They want to determine if it can cause cancer. So a substance that causes cancer or helps cancer grow is called a carcinogen. Most people know that. So the American Society, Cancer Society, looks to these organizations, helps to evaluate the risks based on the evidence from laboratories, animal, and human research studies. So you have something called, a, uh, excuse me, IARC, International Agency on Research on Cancer. It's of the World Health Organization, who, most people know that, especially with what's going on with the pandemic. So their major goal is to identify causes of cancer. So the International Agency for Research on Cancer classifies talc that contains asbestos as carcinogenic. So going back, if you just joined us, you're going to hear this and be scared to death, but we're talking about talc in its original form, not something that's been purified. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. Based on the lack of data with human studies and the limited amount with lab studies, they classify inhaled talc not containing asbestos as not classifiable as to carcinogenicity in humans. So then based on their human studies of a link to ovarian cancer, they also classify the perennial use of talcum the genital uh, talcum or talc-based baby powder is possibly carcinogenic to humans. Then we also have NTP, which you probably have never heard of, National Toxology Program. And that's formed from parts of several different government agencies, including NIH, the Center's of Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, the FDA. So the NTP has not fully reviewed talc with or without asbestos as a possible carcinogen. So how, you know, maybe some of you are going, okay, I don't believe it's something I need to worry about. And some of you may be, oh my God, I've been using this for a while or I know someone who's been using it and this is, you know, causing concern for you. So what do you do? So I was talking to a soon to be doctor and because obviously doing some of these shows recently we've been talking about reducing our toxic load i think that most people and you'll you'll agree or not with me is that i think in so many years i don't know if it'll take 50 years 30 years we're going to find out a lot of these products that we're using that the the chemicals in them we're going to find out that they are harmful because we don't do any research on them and the FDA doesn't have to approve them. Because it's crazy, some of these ingredients that I'm gonna talk about today could be something that's in an antifreeze, but yet then we're putting it in consumer personal care products. 
Okay, I don't know about you, but there's a real disconnect there for me. So can you reduce your exposure to talcum powder? Maybe some of you are thinking, well, sure, I don't use baby powder, right? Johnson and Johnson. Okay, but that's not what I'm talking about. So it certainly isn't clear if consumer products containing talcum powder increased cancer risk. Studies of the personal use of talcum powder have mixed results. Some suggestion of a possible increase in ovarian cancer. There's still really very little evidence at this time that any other forms of cancer are linked with consumer use of talcum powder. So until we get more information, right, it's up to us of what we do. People concerned about talcum powder may want to avoid or limit their use of consumer products that contain it. That's pretty basic, right? So you're thinking, okay, well, if I don't use the powder, I'm, I'm great, right? Well, let's talk about talcum powder, its risks. Okay, what is it? Is it a threat? Where else is talcum powder used? Where does it hide? And then are there better alternatives to products using talcum? Okay, let's do that. So before I continue, let's talk about the sponsor of the Rich Solutions Studio. That's something most people are aware of. You're not, it's not going to be a hidden product. It's a wholesome, satisfying product. It's actually good for you. 90% water, 3% plant, 6 grams of fiber per serving. Comes in a couple different varieties of sizes. Something that is uh, stored in lime juice. So when you get it, all you have to do is rinse it off and then cook it however you want to, or heat it up however you want to, add your protein, your veggies, your spices, your sauces, and there you go. Very, very easy. And it's something you would use instead of something that's not quite so wholesome. Pastas, America loves their pasta. This could be a healthier alternative. If you're looking to go gluten-free, no oodle is gluten-free, dairy-free, fat-free, soy-free, and it's one point on that Weight Washers program. So a great product product to try. Go to nooodle.com. Use hashtag Spoonie, all caps, to get that 10% off. Something that everybody could start to do today. And today's Monday. It's one of those great days where everybody says, okay, it's a new week. I'm going to try thus and so. So what are you going to start to do today? Today here, we're talking about the potential health hazards of a couple common household products. It's really about self-awareness. It's about self-care because we are all responsible for our own self-care, empowered health, reading the labels, not just on our food, but the products that we consume. Very, very important. So also in the research, I found that scientists have been warning us about talcum powder and the risks, potential risks, in ni- since 1960s. As I said, it's a mineral-based product. It's used not only in baby bee powder, but in other cosmetic products. There are published health studies that do show a link between talcum powder and ovarian cancer. Millions of men and women still use it to absorb moisture and promote uh, freshness. 
And it is still a popular diaper rash prevention tactic for your infants and young children. Well, listen to this, Johnson and Johnson. So today I'm doing this because of the research I found out last week and I did on Johnson and Johnson on their recalled sunscreen. So Johnson and Johnson has shelled out more than $700 million in talcum powder slash ovarian cancer related lawsuits. This was just a few years ago from 2016, 2017 alone. And they have tens of thousands still pending these lawsuits. So Reuters just published an exclusive report suggesting that Johnson and Johnson is exploring a method to offload liabilities connected to baby powder litigations by pursuing a bankruptcy plan. So according to Reuters, Johnson & Johnson may use a newly created business to handle litigation related to talcum powder and would then seek bankruptcy protection, resulting in lower payouts for cases that didn't settle beforehand. So I would think, you know what, if they already have millions of dollars in lawsuits and they're looking to protect themselves, that there may be some validity to all of this. Just saying. People still continue to use products that contain talc on themselves or their children. And I would assume that's because they're not convinced that it has a potential health hazard. But also, I, they may even not even be aware of it. So past reports are very clear, right? Never use baby powder or products containing talc on your skin. And then again, inhaling these products can be problematic. So the good news is there are many alternative products that you could use for talcum powder that are completely safe and equally effective. So what is the use of baby powder? Again, it's mostly used for moisture and to, avoid, and to cut down friction. It's applied to the skin. It helps with prevent rashes and other skin irritations, excuse me, like chafing. Many women apply baby powder to the perineum, their underwear or pads to help the area stay fresh and dry. Talcum powder is also commonly used, or I should say added to makeup products like foundation, cosmetic powder in the order of, to prevent caking and ensure a smooth appearance. Parents commonly apply it to their infants and young children, again, to prevent the bacterial outgrowth, as well as yeast and diaper rash. So I know, going back, oh my gosh, this is going to tell you my age, but I would say in the 80s, mid-80s, early 80s, they found out that there was a powder. I know what it looks like, but I can't remember the brand name. Um, you know, it was overall finishing powder. It was very inexpensive, and they used it in the uh, uh, model industry when they did makeup. Very, very popular. Like, all the makeup artists used it. Well, they found out you know, this wasn't a good thing. And so everybody discontinued using it. So that was a few years ago. So baby powder is a product name for talcum powder. So it's made from talc, T-A-L-C. It's a clay mineral. Like I said, it's got the magnesium um, 
silicone and oxygen. But then it is mined in proximity to asbestos and other naturally occurring mineral that have been known to be a carcinogen. So the Food and Drug Administration, they posted to prevent contamination of talc with asbestos. It's essential to select talc mining sites carefully and take steps to purify the ore sufficiently. So the FDA considers it unacceptable for cosmetic talc to be contaminated with asbestos. There's no federal mandate to test and approve cosmetic products and and the ingredients before they land on your store shelves. So to me, that should be, you know, a red flag right there. How many of you, I'm saying, go get your cosmetic products. Look in there to see if you've got talc on there. Because they don't test for the asbestos, but they use the talc in your products. So again, there's no federal mandate to test them and approve them before they land on our shelves and then you use them, buy them and use them. So to address the safety concerns of talc and powders and cosmetic products, the FDA did conduct a survey. Now this is a survey and this was a while ago. This is in 2009 and 10. The FDA asked nine talc suppliers to participate in the survey by sending samples of their talc. Now that's not very many. Of those nine, of those nine, four complied. So they tested 34 cosmetic products in retail stores in the Washington, D.C. area. And they tested them for asbestos contamination. So four companies complied, 34 products. And how many thousands of products, cosmetic products are out there? The survey found no asbestos in any of the samples or the products analyzed. But the FDA suggested these findings, of course, are limited because only four suppliers provided samples and it was only 34 products. So the the survey really doesn't prove that most or all talc-containing products sold in the United States are free of asbestos contamination. So, in fact, recently they recalled a batch of its baby powder due to concerns over baby powder asbestos contamination. So the inhaled asbestos fibers are not easily removed from the body. Once someone inhales them, what happens is they become lodged in the body or they seem to trigger an inflammatory reaction. And you can have mutation in the cells sometimes leading to the proliferation of cancerous mesothemia cells, which we hear about that all the time on commercials, right? Mesothemia. Mesotheloma cells, excuse me, can then spread throughout the body, causing dysfunction of vital organs and even death. So let's talk about possible threats with the cancer, which we already have. This is just a little bit different information. And the American Cancer Society had done numerous studies investigating women and talcum powders linked to cancer in the ovaries. So when a woman applies baby powder or any product containing talc to her genital area, the 
powder particles can travel through the vagina into the uterus and fallopian tubes to the ovaries. So this first study was in 1971, connecting talc and ovary cancer. Again, a number of years ago, 40 years ago. When this is when the talc particles turned up in human ovarian and uterine tumors. Okay. Then in 1982, there was another study that linked the genital talc use with ovarian cancer. There's been dozens of studies that show a strong length. 2016, so we're getting closer, right, to now the present. Conducted in Boston and published by Etymology, they analyzed the association of ovarian cancer and genital talc, excuse me, genital talc use. So they examined the use among over 2,000 women with ovarian cancer and over 2,000 women with certain similar ages and uh, geographic locations that served as the controls. Because that's always the thing. What are the controls? I said that earlier in the show. So the data showed that the general use of talc increased ovarian cancer risk by 33%. So the risk of cancer decreased as the longer a woman went without using the talcum powder. And those who use the powder more frequently faced a greater risk of developing ovarian cancer. Okay, so this is from the cancer, American Cancer Society. Then yet another study in the cancer etymology, biomarkers and prevention, So this was over 1,300 African-American women. Baby powder use was common for just over 62% of the women with ovarian cancer, excuse me. So they're implying a significant association between baby powder use and ovarian cancer risk. 2017, New York Times published in August indicated that a judge recently ordered Johnson & Johnson to pay $417 million in damages to a 63-year-old woman who developed ovarian cancer after using baby powder on her genital area when she was 11 years old. There has been more than 500 baby powder related, excuse me, 5,000 baby powder related cases against Johnson & Johnson with lawsuits claiming carcinogenic effects. So again, two th- just 2016, 2017, those damages to Johnson & Johnson have been over $700 million. What about lung cancer? So inhaling talcum powder alone may not be directly related to the development of lung cancer. There are studies that suggest an increased risk for lung cancer and other respiratory diseases among talc miners and millers, right? And this is due to the varying form of asbestos that can come in, they can come in contact with talc. 2015, in the Occupational Environmental Medicine they published, found an increased in lung cancer mortality rates among the talc miners. The talc exposure may have been confounded with other carcinogens, and the data could not be adjusted to measure the effects of the talc only. Another study in the American Journal of Ophthalmology 
evaluated the risk of lung cancer and respiratory disease among workers that were exposed to asbestos-free talc and silica in the manufacture of ceramic public, excuse me, ceramic plumbing fixtures. And so these suggest that the workers exposed to high levels of silica dust, no talc, they did not face a significant risk of developing lung cancer. But workers were also exposed to talc in addition to high levels of silica. They had a significant 2.5 fold increased risk of lung cancer. The mortality rate rose the longer someone was exposed to talc in the workplace. Lung exposure or lung disease. This is again, inhaling those small particles. This is a whole thing that's developing with nano nanotechnology. And I don't think here, this is what they're talking about, that nanotechnology. But just inhaling those small particles that make up talcum powder can lead to lung irritation and respiratory distress. So when you continue to, or continuous applying, okay, or an exposure to talcum powder can really negatively affect infants, children's teens, and adults. Even asbestos-free talcum powder can cause irritation and inflammation of the respiratory system when it's ingested or inhaled. So I think someone on the live stream said they still use the talcum powder uh, somewhere around their neck, that area. So you're definitely going to inhale some of these small particles, right? There's a lung disease called pulmonary talcosis, it's a rare disorder caused by the inhalation of talc through occupational exposure or continued inhalation or ingestion. There was a report that published in BMJ case reports that describes a 24-year-old woman who had a four-month ritual of inhaling cosmetic talcum powder. So she developed talcosis, talcosis 10 years later. The disorder involves inflammation, a chronic cough, cough and dis, and really and a trouble breathing, difficulty breathing. So we talked about this on Friday that some of these chemicals that we're ingesting, some of the issues that you have with them, it's not going to come out till years later. That's why I'm saying with a lot of these chemicals, not just this, we have no idea the damages it causes. And can for just a little bit, can we think that maybe some of the problems that people are having are due to all these different chemicals that we're exposed to on a regular basis? I could think so. Right? All right, let's talk about what the Rich Solution is doing. I don't have my little bottle, my adaptogen or resveratrol. Um, 2021, we're really trying to help people with their health boosting your immune system, getting to a better place, really thinking about self-care, self-care for a lifetime, not just for a small period. So if you go to therichsolution.com, you can look at my philosophy, what I think about not only supplements, but other things as well. Believe that everybody should be on some type of supplementation because we all have different deficiencies. We're not a one-size-fits-all. So look at our different 
supplements that we have. You can do individual supplements, use the Spoonie code to get 10% off. If you purchase a kit, we put kits together for you. The core kit is a great place to start. Drastically reduced in the price, no shipping. Now we're gonna add in two complementary supplements and that's the Rich Adapt and the Rich Spiritrol. So you've got an adaptogen and an antioxidant. Two months supply of each, $120 retail value. So go check it out. If you have any questions, certainly email us at contact at the richsolution.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, we'll certainly help you through that. And then know with a purchase of a kit, you don't need a code. We're just going to automatically send you two complimentary supplements. We'll send an email letting you know of that. Um, but again, two months supply, $120 value. Our way of saying thank you. And here's how you can start today. Get yourself off to a great start. Um, I'm just trying to look at live streaming with uh, the paraben and phthalate free. Um, it depends on, okay, so we have someone live streaming that's saying that there are products that you can get um, that is phthalate free, which is great. And it's also paraben free. Those are two, only two of the chemicals that you should be looking for, and hopefully they're not in the products that you're consuming. And that there is cornstarch in the product instead of probably talc. So that's where you, so that is a better alternative. Um, I know cornstarch, if you're using it to eat it, um, people want to avoid that. So I actually don't even know um, about when you're putting it on your your you know body as well my i would assume it has the same some of the same effects as if you eat it but it's certainly better than talc at this point i don't know if that makes sense to everybody who is not on live streaming <clears throat> so they have found or they they researched there's information about these respiratory conditions on infants and children i mean the last thing you want to do is you want to be an educated parent right and if this is something you can prevent from you and your children's, I mean, that's a good thing. So there's case reports of infants and preschool children experiencing adverse effects from talcum powder. The poison control centers reports incidents involving the inhalation during a child's diaper or clothing changing. And when babies or children inhale the tiny particles in baby powder, it can produce drying effect on their mucous membranes and affect breathing ability. If enough powder is inhaled in one moment over a time, it can lead to serious lung dance damage. So it was like, I read this and I was like going crazy because like I said, 30 years ago, I used a little bit, I used baby powder on my kids when I changed their diaper. Now we're not going to know, right? These tiny particles, they inhale them. They get in your tissue. They stay there. What kind of effects do they have? Here's a study. This is really weird. This is about a 12-week-old baby who accidentally inhaled and ingested baby powder accidentally that was somehow got on his face during diaper change. So he immediately coughed and choked on the powder, and then he vomited and he refused to eat. 
So about four hours later, they admitted the child to the hospital with severe respiratory difficulties. 30 minutes after being administered to the hospital, his condition deteriorated and he went into respiratory arrest. This is crazy, seriously. So his airway was secured. After they did that, he vomited a white talc-like substance. So this is just an example that I found through all the research. Then there's something you probably have never heard about this. This is with intravenous drug abusers. Granulomitosis. Granulomitosis. So that's talc granulomitosis occurs with intravenous drug users, abusers, I should say, where they inject tablets containing talc. How disgusting is that? And that are intended for oral use. Well, still the fact that they're for oral use. So these talc are used in tablets to hold the components of the medication together. Makes sense, right? So the research suggests that ingesting talc into the blood vessels can cause arterial obstruction, loss of blood flow to the bone tissue, and the formation of granulomas in the lungs. So the granulomas are formed by injection or inflammation caused by the presence of a foreign subject substance. So that's not going to happen to your average user, okay? But let's talk about, because maybe some of you are hanging on here and you're thinking, okay, I don't use talcum powder, so what am I staying on for the rest of the show for? So this is for men and women, not just women. So yes, through a lot of products, usually women use them, but you men can let your significant other, your sisters, your moms, your friends, whatever, know about this, because I guarantee you most do not know this. So talc isn't only present in baby powder. In fact, it's hiding in products that many people use on a daily basis. How many of you, since you've been on the show, if you're watching live stream, are actually looking on some of your products? Problem is a lot of those ingredients lists is too tiny. So you need glasses or a magnifying glass, right? Or that list is on the outside box or container when you purchase it and you throw that away. So you really don't have any idea unless you go online and you look for that specific product and you can find out the ingredients list. How many people use bath bombs? Bath bombs. So I'm just going to show those who are watching live streaming. This is a self-made bath bomb. But and this is not just what they look like. They can just be round. They can be in different colors and shapes Okay, that you put in your bathtub to take a nice long bath. Your shower products, soap, lotions, as I mentioned earlier, female hygiene products, blush, bronzers, face powder, I mentioned that, foundation, eyeshadow, Okay, this year are never going to, lipstick and face masks. I guarantee you, any woman who's listening right now has used at least one of those products. One of those, right? Toothpaste, deodorants, come on. 
Well, good for you, Sean. <laughs> so what you want to do is before you buy any of these products, look on that label, look to see if it says talcum powder or cosmetic talc. Talcum powder or cosmetic talc on the label. So if you choose to use products containing talc, choose companies that certify, could say on there, certify that the product is talc free. Especially if you're using the powder or lotion in your pelvic area. I mean, that's like crazy. So what are some better alternatives when we talk about not containing talc. Okay, so for your baby, there are many natural and safe ways to prevent diaper rash, right, in infants and young children. So instead of relying on these commercial products, and I can say that for everything, everybody just relies on these commercial products when actually um, pretty much every one of those things that I just mentioned, you can make on your own at home. And I know you're telling me I'm crazy, You can make DIY diaper rash cream. It contains coconut oil, beeswax, shea butter, witch hazel, calendula. Okay, there's five ingredients. It's a homemade diaper cream. It can reduce inflammation, skin irritation without putting your baby at risk. I mean, it's interesting. I, the, the reason why I did this as well today is I had, uh, so this is in Florida. So we're getting about ready to go back to Illinois for a few months. <clears throat> Hopefully they're not going to have more restrictions uh, with this uh, Delta um, virus or excuse me, version <clears throat> variant. Um, and so I got a clean cleaning service and I asked them, do anyone that you do houses on, do they use the essential oils and non-commercial products? And she said, no. I was like, oh my God. It really is crazy because we use these products all over our house, all over our bodies. And there really are healthier alternatives. And what's interesting, I had a house full of people over the weekend, or I should say from Friday, and... Everybody was like, wow, what is that smell? So they were smelling the essential oils. So everybody likes that fresh smell. Another thing you can use is magnesium oil. Do I have a good makeup alternative? I know. Um, And that's by someone on um, live stream. You have to look at each individual, like a bronzer, foundation and um, shadows because you can do it. Um, I haven't done it a long time and I avoid using makeup, except of course for days like today. And this is something that doesn't have as many toxins. It's not totally toxin free, but you can. I used to do the foundation, used to do the bronzer, used to do the, um, um, yeah, on your cheeks. Um, so there's lot, lots that you can do, and you would just have to st- 
start with one. They're not hard to do. And of course, a lot of times, even like with a bronzer or the foundation, of course, you might have to, to work on it a little bit to get that color that works for you. Okay. But yes, it can be done. Magnesium oil. How many people have heard of magnesium oil? Well, and I'm going back to live streaming. I understand that about making your own, but what I'm saying is you, pro- you still need to work to perfect it. And, and the bottom line is, especially even when you come to shampoo, y- you may not come up with something at first that is the same as what you buy. Especially, you know, we're just accustomed to what we like, right? So it may take a while, but once you find it, it's great, seriously. So a magnesium oil is a safe alternative. It's anti-inflammatory. It's wound healing properties. And that can help with diaper rash as well. For women. Wow, I can't believe how late it is. Again, I keep, I thought I had like at least 10 minutes to go here. For women, natural alternatives to using powders or products containing talc exist. They really can be effective with helping to absorb moisture and keeping you feeling fresh. Baking soda for your skin and hair. There's so many uses for baking soda and hair. I keep a small amount covered in my bathroom all the time. I've been doing that for years. It's one of those things besides coconut oil, baking soda you can use not just for something like this. Baking soda you can use to help clean your house because it's an abrasive, causes the friction. Cornstarch, as I think Debbie mentioned, relieves skin irritation. You can use it to ease bug bites, chafed skin, um, sunburn, jock itch, athlete's foot, diaper rash. What about foundation? Okay, a natural foundation. It can have skin healing and soothing ingredients like coconut oil, shea butter, now a non-nanoparticle. Remember, I talked a little bit about the nanoparticles, and they're doing a lot of research on this. A non-nanoparticle zinc oxide and vitamin E oil. So your best bet is just to go on YouTube, Google it, and again, find until you find the right one. Start with one product. And when you, you want to add color to something like foundation or a bronzer, use something like cinnamon, nutmeg, or cocoa powder, or a combination. Again, you've got to find that right, right combination for you. You can even make your own lipstick, a natural homemade lipstick. It can help soften and repair your skin, also getting rid of undesirable lines. So baby powder is a product name for talc powder, and it's made from talc, a clay mineral that contains magnesium, silicone, and oxygen. It's mined in proximity to asbestos and other natural occurring minerals. It's known to have possess carcinogenic effects. So lots of studies done on, on women, infants, and children, the minors, 
suggested inhaling talc or applying products containing talc to the skin can cause health conditions like ovarian cancer, lung cancer, lung disease, and respiratory disease. <coughs> Excuse me. So using natural alternatives, products that contain talc, including cosmetic foundations, deodorant, baby powder, lipstick and lotion, can help you avoid those dangers in applying talc to your skin or inhaling it. Right? And so this is by far a comprehensive list of ingredients that we use in the United States that have been banned in the European Union, as well as Canada and Japan. So I didn't get to everything today. I still have a couple, about six other things that people should pay attention to. Uh, I'll look to do that at some other point because I think this starts the conversation, right? It gets us to pay attention to what we're using. So much that we can all learn. So thanks everybody for joining us here today. I hopefully it shed a little bit of light on what all of us could be doing on a regular basis. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5.